It's Eddie. Uh, we got another great show for you today. We're talking to Gant Laborde. It was a fun show. We love having him on. Uh, this is his second appearance. Uh, we're talking about machine learning and JavaScript. He has a Kickstarter up that you guys should go support. Um, it's facial machine learning and JavaScript. If you just search for those words, you can find the Kickstarter. It's a really beginner-friendly guide to machine learning and JavaScript. If you'd like to support the show, please visit us at Tech Junior and subscribe to our newsletter. You can become a patron or buy some swag. Tweet us at Tech Junior Podcast. We're also giving away some courses on Twitter. Uh, more detail for that coming up. Uh, just keep an eye out on Twitter. Um, you can tweet us again at Tech Junior Podcast. Leave a comment on iTunes or Google Play. Anything you can do to support the show is greatly appreciated. And let's get into it. Welcome to Tech Junior. My name is Lee Warwick Jr. I'm a full stack JavaScript developer. And I have with me as always, Eddie. Hey, it's Eddie. I'm a front end developer. And today we've got a special guest for the second time, Gant yeah. Laborde. Hey, everybody. My <laughs> name is Gant Laborde, and I'm a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, you may have heard Gant's previous episode came on and talked a lot about um, artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, lots of buzzwords in JavaScript uh, mm-hmm. and, and all that fun stuff. Also, a few buzzwords, I think. Did you? Yeah, it's fantastic. I was like, this is a triple GAN. And y'all were like, yeah, that's real. Yes. (laughs) Yes. No one owned it. Can I can I just throw out that uh, I was talking to my team recently about getting up to speed on uh, some of the services that we use, like, I don't know, New Relic or Splunk or whatever. And I was like, yeah, if you guys could take me on a tour of like Splunk, New Relic and Onyx, uh, that'd be awesome. And nobody said anything. And I totally just threw a Pokemon name in there. And I was like, I don't know whether to be terrified that like nobody said anything or like relieved because nobody else can keep track of all these things. So that's a good idea. That's a good litmus test. I'm going to have to do that more. <laughs> they're uh, they're pretty ripe for just throwing into any list of technology. Uh, ever since I saw that that image of the guy that has his LinkedIn profile sprinkled with Pokemon names. Um, <laughs> I really feel like I'm living that more and more. So, well, Ruby used to be like, I mean, I, I kind of miss Ruby because like you would come out with this authentication system and you'd call it like, you know, I don't know, unicorns dance. And it's just like, yeah, of course you're using unicorns dance. It was like this special code that meant that you knew what that gem was specifically supposed to do. And in JavaScript, things are named with just infinite dashes, like like the German language. There's just one <laughs> NPM package that's 15 miles long for when you want a garden next to the animated house on your website. And so <laughs> it's like it, it's changed drastically. And I, I have to say, uh, you could get away way more in Ruby with making up stuff. <laughs> gotcha. Cool. So um, how are you doing with the uh, the pandemic and apocalypse uh, currently ravaging the nation and the world? Yeah, well, I uh, got my shotgun, my machete. <laughs> um, I don't know if we're supposed to move on to cannibalism yet, but I started dabbling. It's it's good. <laughs> what if, I, I think that this is one of those things where, um, you know, as developers, we're uniquely positioned to weather this particular storm a little bit better. 
Uh, so I've kept a high mood uh, throughout the entire thing. But I'll tell you this, um, we I, I work for and, and partially own a mobile and web React and React Native consulting business. And one of the nicest things that could happen right now is like people who are still spending money. I love those people. So I say like everything's good with the pandemic except for fear uh, hurts business. And so if you're a company and you're looking like replacement and stuff like that, and you're still reaching out to consultancies, I heart you so much. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been pretty rough. I've noticed mm-hmm. that a lot of developers, at least locally and from, you know, just people that I've seen on Twitter have been talking about how they've been laid off or they're working for a place where they don't know if their projects are going to get renewed or contracts right. renewed or, or anything like that. So I uh, definitely am seeing the ramifications of that, even if like directly I haven't felt them in my current position. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't felt them, um, count yourself blessed. That is, you know, it, it's, it's a difficult time. Recessions, pandemics, um, it's always these things will show up and these things will pass. Yeah. It, you know, we'll, we'll be back to normal at some point. Uh, I hope, but yeah, hopefully I don't know. My, the thing that gives me anxiety is kind of wondering what this brave new world will look like. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it can only go one of two ways. Either things will be different or we'll just have that collective amnesia happen where we just go right back to normal. Like nothing ever happened. Like, I think oh, remember when we had suffered a plague? Oh, oh yeah, kind of. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, well, um, I think we're getting a combination of the two. Just personally, I see that when people are repressed for any particular thing afterward, they revel in that change. So, I guarantee you, they'll it'll look like amnesia once people are allowed to go out and have parties and spring break and go to restaurants and everything. Like businesses will go nuts for a little while. But I also think they'll keep a bunch of, you know, P95 masks in the attic oh, and yeah. <laughs> some stuff, you know, like like a solar panel set up and ready to go. Um, you know, we forgive, but we don't forget. Those uh, those respirator masks, the N95s are super expensive. Yeah. Uh, just throwing that out there. Um, I don't know if I would stockpile those, but. <laughs> you know, um, I have uh, I have the the one from China. It's a, it's P two point five over there, which is better than um, and I keep switching the N ninety fives. But then they have the hundred uh, percent clearing respirator masks at Home Depot, and nobody's buying those. Uh, probably because they don't know about them, and they're just snapping up whatever the news is complaining about. So. True, true, true. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, fun yeah. tip: N ninety fives don't work if you have a beard. Yeah, <laughs> I know this from working yeah. in a hospital and um, the thing that you would have to wear if you like had a beard is called a papper. Mm-hmm. So you can Google it's like P.A.P.R. Uh, so Google that later. But it's What's basically a, a Darth Vader mask Ooh, <laughs> oh. and it has like its own like battery operated <laughs> system that yeah. <laughs> like ventilates the hood that you're wearing. I find your lack of N95 disturbing. <laughs> uh, you know, funny enough, uh, that's like that's a it's it's funny how much things turn around because um, that was well known in, in World War One. As a matter of fact, in World War One, where um, poison gases were actually used uh, terribly enough to, to attack, they had the helmets and they called them the flimsy helmets. And one of the things you had to do is you had to stay clean shaven specifically for that particular reason. 
And the only place you were allowed to grow hair was this small area right underneath your nose, uh, which is known, which was kind of like a military stash, um, which is not so popular anymore due to World War yeah. Two and a yeah. particular person. <laughs> but that was meant to say, like, I, I have the facial hair, but I'm keeping my face clean for the for the masks. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Interesting trivia there. Yeah, I wonder what facial hair will get out of like you just get a, a mustache and a flavor like like a little soul patch. Yeah, <laughs> I the, the, think soul the patch would work. Right. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that'd be fine. The mustache perfect. might be okay if it was kind of tight, but <laughs> the, the uh, things. yeah, right. What about one of those like pencil thin <laughs> mustaches. Oh, like yeah. the the John Waters. Yeah, uh, the yeah. super creep. Mustache. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> have to pair it up with the tuxedo and a bow tie. <laughs> the uh, the creepy butler. <laughs> the butler did it, by the way. Sorry, spoiler alert. Cool. So uh, we should probably talk about something tech related. Uh, <laughs> ah. So yeah, again, last time we uh, we talked, we were talking all about uh, AI and JavaScript or machine learning with JavaScript. Yep, yep. So um, what? I know you've released a course since then, yeah. uh, but what what is like the, I guess the short version of the state of doing machine learning with JavaScript? Uh, it's still, I think, um, a, a fastly growing um, area. I can see that Google's putting tons of time and energy into it when they're announcing stuff. Um, if you want to secure a job for you know twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two or uh, anytime before the apocalypse actually happens, of course. <laughs> um, I think like taking the technology, you know, either uh, Python or JavaScript, whatever, but getting started in AI is key. All of us, it, you know, it's really funny as I gave a talk in 2018 where I showed people some really cool stuff that AI can do. And now, like, I have to edit those slides anytime. Right? Like, I have to cut all that stuff out because everybody's like, yeah, I know. I know it can do that now. It's <laughs> amazing how much it's actually, when you pay attention to it, how much it's creeping into each and everything that we have. Yeah, so I, I know that um, we're kind of living in this, uh, this big data world, right? Mm -hmm. And companies are leveraging that. So there's lots of algorithms out there that are learning about us and kind of showing us targeted ads. And, you know, this is kind of that whole, oh, my God, I said something in the living room and now Facebook's <laughs> showing me, you know, oh, yeah. ads for it. But really, it's just the algorithm is so good at you yeah. know reading your web history that it can predict the type of junk that you're going to look at based on like searches and, you know, conversations with people, whatever. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Netflix prize and like, 2010 was a million dollars to whoever can improve the recommendation engine of Netflix. Um, oh. and, and someone actually outside Netflix won that prize. And I feel like that was 2010. We're like, we're really, really, really getting better and better and better at identifying, um, doing superhuman like things with computers. And my, my biggest kind of, Thing I constantly say about that is like I would love for that to be the developer community as a democracy rather than just a, the Fortune 500s who have something like that 
So that's why I like to motivate people to actually get started on this stuff. <laughs> because otherwise, when it kind of all hits, you don't want to have just five sources of information and that's it. And they, the world stays to them. Yeah. And God forbid it's Oracle. We don't need another three, <laughs> three decades of lawsuits. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so tell me, tell me about uh, how the, the course went. I know that it released yeah. and... Um, what what was the uh, I guess the the main topic of it and what did it, what did it cover and, and that sort of yeah, thing? Yes, so we just covered like basics. Like if you've never done AI before, um, how to get into AI with JavaScript. Um, we released it on Black Friday. It did really 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 well on sales. Um, got a whole bunch of people. Like I was in podcasts everywhere. I was everywhere. We were doing a great job with that. Um, and then the new year started and. Sales have like tapered off a little bit, uh, which is fine. It's an expensive course. It's like uh, $300. Mm -hmm. So but if you want, I actually I should give you some courses to give away on the on the Twitter for y'all. Uh, it's a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I had to come up with something uh, that's a little bit cheaper and a little bit easier to attain because actually, you know, Lee, you, you took the course. So I did. Um, it's I claim it as three weeks and I think like you consumed it over maybe like three months or something. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly. Yes. <laughs> but you, you did gain all that information, which I really, really liked. Um, and you did it by kind of doing your homework and checking things out and going after stuff afterward, um, being ambitious about it. And I think like I needed something a little bit easier. So I'm doing another course now, uh, which is a little bit more like candy. It's honestly just, doing silly and fun and interesting things with facial recognition in the browser. And so I have that one now on Kickstarter and um, I'll definitely I'll supply the link for the show notes. But uh, I'm trying to see if people are interested in the more like light version of this stuff or if people want to jump straight in, you know, because I don't most people I talk to don't want to jump into the math or like write something from scratch. They want to start seeing how they could build something cool. And uh, that's what this one's about. Cool. Yeah. So, Eddie, did you get a chance to do? Um, there were actually two. There was like a free intro to AI one. Oh yeah, yeah. And then there was the paid one. Uh, Eddie, did you get to try either one? I'm embarrassed to say I have not. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, that is okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Life happens. <laughs> so I, it it does happen. Yeah. Um, yes, indeed. I would encourage you to check out the free one at least. Uh, it's it's pretty brief. I, I do plan to go through it at some point. Yeah, but it's it's a really good intro to uh, to AI. So I really appreciated that. Just kind of the high level, like here's how machine learning works, and here's the different types of algorithms and stuff. Um, and, but the course, like you said, was like super meaty. Um, <laughs> it it kind of lulls you in with the first week, which is kind of like. Um, an intro to using things that have been trained and like mm -hmm. leveraging like prepackaged, uh, like ready to go models and, and whatnot. And you get to make some cool apps um, mm -hmm. in week one. And then week two, it's like you get dropped into TensorFlow and manipulating <laughs> images. <laughs> and that is a lot harder than <laughs> week one. And then yeah. week three, you actually start training models and then it's like all bets are off. You're, you're doing like straight to neural networks and um, <laughs> creating, yeah. you know, algorithms to learn how to predict like images and whether things are cats and dogs and all that fun mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, rock, paper, honest. scissors. 
Yeah, it was it was I felt like I couldn't actually ship a course without you kind of touching that layer. And I felt like it would have. People would have been like, if I just did everything like week one, people would have been upset. They'd have been like, all right, you know, but but that's me. I kind of put that on myself. Honestly, what probably could have happened is if I did three weeks that were like week one and they were all just kind of like, OK, a little bit of step, a little bit of step, a little bit of step. And then you never actually trained a model or you actually just barely touched tensor flows like tensors, then maybe people would have been happy with that. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess like what I could have done is just broken that out into multiple courses. But it's a that's why it's a, a high value because it is meaty. You can get a ton out of it. I feel like if you pass the course, you can, you know, someone at your job could say, hey, we have this thing in TensorFlow. And you're like, I know where to start. I know how to deal with some of this stuff. Um, send it to me. And then I think you can handle it. So it's it's a mix between like how impressive do you want your black belt and how many people <laughs> should get a black belt, right? <laughs> yeah, like a little bit. Um so at the, the the very last project in it was um, taking uh, some dogs and cats images mm -hmm. and training a model to predict whether uh, an image was a dog or a cat. And I think I got to like, I don't know, in the 60s or maybe like high 60s as far as like percentage accuracy. Mm -hmm. So a little bit better than half the time. <laughs> it can tell <laughs> me uh, whether an image was a dog or a cat using like random images from the Internet. So um, mm -hmm. I think I was fairly happy with that. But I was also like kind of thinking, am I bad at this or is this like the oh, limitation of machine learning or like you want to go further? You can go. We can get that to 90 something percent. <laughs> it's just that we got to start cracking open some stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I think like because I sat down and, and dug so far into the course, I was yeah. like, where's the rest? You know what I mean? Like, where's where's part good, two? Good. You know, Good. so um, the only thing that like you don't you don't get to dig into in the course is you do all this prep work for image manipulation in week two. And then when you go to week three, you kind of skip that part and go directly to training a model. Mm -hmm. And uh, you wrote the dogs and cats um, package uh, that has all the images packaged up and ready to go. They're like already tensorfied. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> that's great because you get to train something and work with that data but at the same time, you're like, wait, what did I learn all that stuff in week two for? Uh, so <laughs> well, go ahead. If you want a week four mm -hmm. where you do your own training data, then all of week two comes back. Or like yes. if you were trying to make something like, uh, you know, is this, you know, what, what am I looking at here? Then uh, you, if you're, let's say you're trying to identify damaged, I don't know, uh, notebooks. That's a stupid example, but you just want to. <laughs> You want it to tell you what if it thinks something is damaged or not. And you're just like, OK, well, I have tons of images. Where do I go from here? Aha. All week two. Yes. OK. So um, I know you, you whenever you made like the dogs and cats package, mm -hmm. there's like there's some steps in there that like would be a beautiful week four. Um, and then yeah. maybe some finer points on how to like better understand what you're doing when training a model, I guess. Yeah, would be kind of awesome. Um, nice. You're one but, of the few people, though, Lee, that just to say you're one of the few people who've made it to the end and also <laughs> asked for more. 
Uh, so now that I know that you are a masochist, I <laughs> prepare stuff for you. So but, uh, I had a lot. I had some expectations and kind of I had that reality check like before I even went into it. Like I went in knowing like this is going to be tough. Uh, there's a lot of math involved with machine learning, obviously. Um, neural networks are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. The knobs and settings that you can tweak in there <laughs> are insane. Yeah. Uh, it's like being in 1920s switchboard operator or something. There's just like <laughs> dials and cables everywhere. And it's like, oh, well, have you tried like just picture in your head, like Gantt leaning over your shoulder and be like, hey, have you tried switching this cable to from here to here? And you're like, oh, that that got me 5% on my algorithm. But why? And then yeah. Gantt says, oh, well, that's just how it is. You know, well, or something yeah. like that. So. Yeah, you know, what I'll say is uh, specifically with um, with all these things is you, there are, the PhDs are sitting there switching the cables a bit and trying to figure out why these things are moving up. And that by itself, you can go deep down that rabbit hole. There are papers, there's tons of documentation. The math that you can kind of get into for that is it goes crazy, right? Um, as a matter of fact, every day there's a new paper coming out on how you should have switched it over there instead. And that's why I steered clear of that. A little bit. Just to be fair, because that's that's not a happy land. Right. Like, oh, how come you didn't just move this to right here to do exactly that? Um, that's not nearly as much fun as, oh, hey, I've got this thing kind of working. Now I'm excited about it. So, like, if you really needed to know the difference between dogs and cats, you'll go read those papers and figure out and see who's done something similar and then actually figure out those knobs and, and levers a little bit more. Um, that's a lot harder to make exciting. That's a lot harder to like go into. And that's honestly like semesters of stuff. So I'll say you getting to the point where something is working. You tell me how excited you are to go from 70% to 77% accurate, or if you want to get to 90% accurate, like technically I could point you at the materials that you want, but I need to know that you actually want to keep going because it get each percentage is a lot harder. Yeah, I'm kind of sensing that I don't have the math chops to even like understand the stuff in those papers. I think you can. It's simple. So I want everybody to know this. Um, the math of a neural network, just like um, GPU graphics, it's linear algebra and it's high school math done in uh, vectors, right? It's just like if you multiplied two matrices together, it's basically an intensive mathematical process of tons and tons of multiplications and knowing which numbers have to go to which ones. It takes a while to do, but it's not anything more than multiplication and placeholding. So um, I'd say that don't don't say that the math is outside your reach. I don't think it ever is. I don't think anybody is doing anything that's that's blowing away our high school math skills. Um, I think they like to write it in a way that they are. I think they <laughs> like to pretend that they are. Um, but I spoke to a nice lady who has a PhD who works for Amazon because her company in AI got acquired by Amazon. And in my talk, I said on uh, last week, 
you don't need a PhD to do AI. And in the Q&A, someone said, Gant said this, and <laughs> you have a PhD. So I want to ask you, do you need a PhD to, to do AI? And she said, no, absolutely not. And so it was really awesome. I mean, if you want to really study this stuff, go get a PhD. And I'm not saying it's not going to open doors for you, but it's not a limiting factor. You shouldn't feel held back and you shouldn't say I don't have the math chops because you do. Fair enough. That's cool. I am a little too practical to see myself sitting down and like reading research papers. Yeah. So fair enough. I, I would be happy gateway. to. What's that? <laughs> you got to find a nice gateway drug. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so have when you heard the of, uh, two minute papers. No, what is that? Oh, my goodness. Watch two minute papers and then. And then maybe if a two minute paper makes you want to actually run something on your machine, then the next step, you'll find yourself actually reading some of these papers. OK, it's uh, kind of great YouTube. Cryptic uh, recommendation, but I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> it. It's not that cryptic, but it does come with a secret handshake. OK, fair enough. <laughs> Ken has his fez on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. But yeah, the uh, so I mean, there's there's kind of two routes that you can go with the machine learning stuff. One is like actually sitting down and like getting, you know, your, your fingers into the data mm. and training models over and over again to try and get like that golden model that gives you the results that you want. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other side of it, which is like, I don't care about any of that. I just want to leverage whatever this thing can tell me, like point it at a direction and like fire. Tell me what that thing is or, mm -hmm. you know, solve this problem. And that's I, I feel like the glamour and like the glory is in that direction, mm -hmm. even though like when I do that stuff, it bugs the hell out of me. I want to like go back and figure out how it does it. So it, it kind of sounds like the. uh the new course with the face detection stuff is kind of in that direction of just just use it, just do the thing, build the build the thing. Well, uh, and we've already established, but like Eddie, if you were to get involved in this, if I was like saying, uh, oh, okay, here's here's a really cool way, you know, every time you smile, this squirt gun's going to go off and shoot you in the face. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a game called Don't Smile. Uh, and you were able to build this, would you be extremely happy about that? Or would you be like, ugh, I need to know the math behind my face, you know? <laughs> I'd be happy to build something like that. And then yeah. maybe later try to figure out how and why. I think that's how it works for me, too. And, yeah. and, and I like that you, Lee, you hold yourself to it. Like, you don't let it go. And that's important for, for self-growth. But I, I hate, I hate the classes where you get in there and they're like, yeah. so I grew up in it. I'm just going to kind of give you an example. I grew up in a time where they said, you're never going to have a calculator around you whenever you need it. You need to learn how to do all this stuff and fast. And I was like, oh, OK, I'm never going to have a calculator around me. Dude, we all have calculators around <laughs> us all the time. Yeah. Everywhere. I, I can't tell you the last time I did some silly calculation by hand. And that's the thing I'm bad at is like the computation part. I think as human beings, that's why we rely on computers. That's what they're good at, that we're bad at. We're bad at lists and wrote like memorization and processes. 
that's what we need to have. So to me, I, I hate going to a class and they're like, yes, this is available, but you need to do everything from scratch. For instance, if you were to build a game tomorrow, would you use a game engine or would you pull out your trig book? Oh, the age old debate of building your own game engine. Uh, that, that's that's kind of the, uh, the fallacy of. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do a game engine. Um, yeah, that's too much math. I. Uh, I actually have done like some rudimentary stuff with like object collision with like mm -hmm. HTML5 canvas and it's freaking brutal. Yeah. Um, you're so limited by having to like scaffold out all these features that you need that are just like really basic building blocks of any game. So mm -hmm. using a game framework um, or a game engine uh, is just going to let you get to the part, the part that you probably are imagining and kind of excited about in the first place faster. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it totally makes sense. I'm just, you know, there's always like that nagging voice in the back of your head. that's like, <laughs> you're not a real data scientist, you know, you just want to like <laughs> oh, punch that person, about, you know? <laughs> yeah, but that, <laughs> that that's, that's imposter syndrome, right? Yeah, and yeah. every dev has it and every dev fights against it. And the key part of it is that you just have to keep telling yourself that no one knows it all. Just no one knows it all. Um, you can, I'll tell you, this is my advice to a lot of people lately, uh, especially since everybody's quarantined is be careful of social media, comparing yourself to others, especially when they're allowed to put their best foot forward against your every day is a formula for depression and sadness. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. it's something I've known from the developer world for a long time with Poster syndrome and conferences and people who are very qualified saying, I'm afraid to speak in front of everyone. I'm like, you're the smartest person in this room. And and then right now I'm seeing people suffer from the same thing because when they, they pull up social media. They're seeing happy people building bowling alleys for their kids in their free time. And, you know, like, OK, what, what kind of time do you have? What do you do once you got quarantined? Um, I had a, I had a margarita. I didn't build a bowling alley. So. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel that, um, that social media angle of, you know, cause people only put like the amazing stuff on social media, right? It's, it's never like put anything else. Yeah. It's like nobody takes a selfie of them eating Doritos and like watching Netflix. You know what I mean? <laughs> Unless they're trying to infuriate you and then they eat the Doritos and they, they grab the remote with the Dorito hand. <laughs> that person just hates life. They just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> so either way you lose. Yeah. <laughs> be upset one way or the other. Fair enough. <laughs> so the, um, <laughs> the new AI course, uh, is that kind of in the direction of uh, some of your live stream with uh, with Jason Langsdorf. I know you guys yeah. had the the face detection stuff and like putting was it masks or sunglasses or something on. Yeah, we we uh, detected faces and we put masks on them, uh, which was a lot of fun. And last week at Magnolia, I did a face. Um, I released a a Chrome plugin uh, example. Uh, it was hilarious. Uh, okay, I'm I apologize if people don't like social uh political commentary but one of the people who was on the javascript jabber reached out to me and he said hey i am sick of looking at our president <laughs> so chris beekler reached out he said 
is there a way that we could build a Chrome plugin or that we could find pictures of our president and just replace him with a puppy? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he and I built a Chrome plugin um, called uh, NoTrumpSocial.com, which uh, which basically detects <laughs> Twitter presence of our president and changes him into a delicious little cute puppy from Unsplash. That's so cool. yeah, it's, it's more face stuff. Like there's our imagination is the limit. I think that we could come up with so many cool things and I'm most excited about the face stuff because that seems to be where people can come up with ideas like that. So how did you source the, uh, the images of the president's face? Is there like <clears throat> a big data set of that out there or something? Uh, so what we did was, um, got the measurements from his face. Yeah. You know, so anything the white house, white house press takes by the way is public domain. Um, yeah. So those are all free images that you can use. And then using his face, we actually got the measurements of his landmarks specific to his uh, his face. And then instead of uh, and then average them together, essentially, or we, we have a, a grouping of them. And then we keep that as a JSON file inside the plugin. And then it does the facial distance like a Euclidean distance. See, Euclidean distance sounds familiar. It's just the just the distance formula we all learned in high school. I don't know if you remember it's the Pythagorean theorem all over again. Do y'all okay, remember? I, the Pythagorean I know theorem? that word. There you go. Uh, vaguely. <laughs> a squared plus B squared equals C squared. Yeah. Oh, I'm having go. flashbacks. <laughs> you give me PTSD. <laughs> squared and square roots. There. I've pushed the limits. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we, we probably lost a viewer here or there when you were talking about multiplying matrices back in the, uh, <laughs> the conversation <laughs> about the previous course, but oh, no problem. You ready? Let's, let's lose some more. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, it's like that stuff. It's a lot of fun coming up with ways to, uh, identify who people are, emotion recognition, reading, trying to read age from their face, all kinds of cool stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm having a blast with that. And I think other people would, too. Cool. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I don't want to, I guess, discourage anybody from, like, getting into that side of machine learning. It's just, like, my own weird thing where I feel like I've, I'm, like, halfway there. And so I, I kind of want to finish the, the journey yeah. into madness with, like, the assembling your own data sets and, and that sort of thing. But I, I totally had a blast leveraging pre-built models and or pre-trained models and packages and stuff in JavaScript. I feel like that ecosystem is perfect for making fun apps and mm -hmm. showing them off and putting them in code pen and all that good stuff. Well, Lee, uh, if you want to go deeper into math on it, then the 2012 uh, Andrew Ng Stanford course is 100% free. It's about 55 hours worth of video and, and training. And I instantly respect anyone who completes it. The information's a little outdated, but it goes 100% into the math, explaining everything and quizzing you along the way to make sure you're actually understanding it too. If you want to go into it, that has been known as the sort of gold standard of the real mathematics behind all of this stuff. I think that's kind of like maybe the nuclear option 
You know, (laughs) I'm looking more for like general, uh, like, Hey, go build this in Python or, you know, go on Kaggle and get like 3 billion images and, you know, run some TensorFlow on them and then try and train it or something like that. You need, you know what you need, you need to get bit by the creativity fairy. You need to come up with something fun and interesting. That's all it is. Um, So when I did the Nicholas Cage or not website, I just was coming up with fun ideas and I was like, all right. I'm going to build this. Um, I did a, a beat poetry to do like um, NLP stuff. You just need to come up with something fun you want. Tell her- and trust me, it's not damaged notebooks. That was a terrible example. But there's <laughs> lots of really cool ideas out there. And I'd be uh, happy to go over them with you. NLP is natural language processing, right? Right. Yep. I, I don't want to lose anybody. Processing. Oh, yeah. Uh, or and if you... If you're uh, on the psychology side, neuro-linguistic programming. Uh, so that's the other NLP. <laughs> D- did not know there was another one, but. Yeah, that one was <laughs> probably way more popular <laughs> back in the day. So um, I know there's like image processing, which kind of like computer vision, I guess, is is that one side of it. Then there's mm-hmm. audio and, and language processing. Um what other kind of areas are out there that are kind of ripe for, you know, machine learning projects? I think that I'm seeing the most explosion in generative adversarial networks, which you will know what that is if you take the five-day course. I do know what that is. Exactly. And Eddie will, Eddie will soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is where everything's hot. So this person does not exist.com. This, you know, uh, this blah does not exist. There's a website, I think it's called like this foot does not exist dot com as well, where they're mm. just making AI generate feet. I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure that really is that's, a real thing. That's weird. That, that is, is uh, weird. That is like two neural networks uh, competing or not competing, yeah. but like working with each other and one kind of training the other one. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. For the training process, you use two. And then ultimately what you result in is one generative network that's yes. very well trained. Um, and so, yeah, you can go into it or we can explain it here, actually, if you like as well. But um, the, the key word that I want everybody to see here is generative, generating things, creating music, creating pictures, creating uh, emojis from photos, um, mm. you know, like really fun stuff that people are coming up with. From these generative, that's where I believe if you were like, what's hot right now? Uh, that's it. Now, of course, there's other things out there, probably more financially uh, viable things like um, rule extraction, um, reward based networks, like reinforcement networks for um, like beating players at go as, you know, or like the. The uh, what's it called? Like the machine learning Mario game kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Mar IO, I think it's yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. that was fascinating. So um, it, it kind of depends on what you want to do. For instance, like if you let I know Lee, you're trying to get better at uh, learning how to play Rocket League or or play at all. Well, with uh, a <laughs> if you wanted to. Um, you could probably use reinforcement learning to train your own Rocket League bot. And then uh, if you can get well enough, maybe you could just like sit back and play against the best in the world. I'm not sure. 
as far as I can tell right now, the uh, no one, no bot has beaten our Rocket League players of the world right now in esports. So there oh, you go. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. How does uh, just like curious? How does some of that stuff, like the workflow of it, work? I'm sure there's an input and output where you're actually interfacing with the game and you know feeding the the model. Like you know, mm-hmm. here's the the result and it's good or bad, right? Yeah. But what is the actual like programming look like for that? Is that something that's pretty accessible or is that something you really have to dig into or? It's a little bit different. Uh, so like the algorithms that they're doing with that, they have agents for pre-training. Um, so one of the great things they can do now is like they wanted to show um, these airplanes how to fly through these hoops, you know, and teaching it from going from zero to one, like having the airplanes not immediately crash straight into the ground in this three-dimensional world with all these thrusters and controls um, was problematic. So you can actually have a human fly it around a little bit and do a human agent and then start the training from that being a positive path to go forward. Um, Then there's aspects of people. There's this idea of cue learning where it's evaluating all these decisions and um, the, the, here's here's the trick. I'll just kind of like shorten it down to this. If I'm playing you in chess and I move my pawn forward, is that good? Uh, we don't know. Like we have no idea. Did me moving my pawn forward actually was that a good move or a bad move? You'd have to know all chess moves ever to know if I was like going along a proper line. And so um, the good thing about cue learning is it keeps track of these things. Then I have a next move and a next move and a next move. And let's say on move five, I actually like I, I take your queen in uh, chess. And so if you're not familiar, of course, that's a nine point piece on the board. Well, that means that all the moves I did up to that point should be reinforced. And so it actually like as it's like played through, I'm playing this fictitious game. Either I'm playing against myself or it's playing against a human. It's reinforced like how close it was to that move but all the moves back get a form of reinforcement saying yeah moving that pawn forward might have been the quintessential or perfect move um you know it it was really really valuable and uh that's the cool thing about reinforcement learning is because if i'm saying is this a dog or is this a cat i have the answer right away and i can actually do a function that says how good are you at answering this but if i move my pawn forward is that a good move or not uh we don't know so it has to be reinforced later on and whether or not it was successful and the cool thing about that is just like uh in war games <laughs> i might be dating myself here where they have like number of players zero and it has to like play itself right um that's essentially what they do now they have uh they have the computer actually play itself like with alpha go it sits there and plays itself an immense amount of times in order to improve drastically um, and try to actually figure out what were the good moves that did something versus something else. Um, it's really cool. So I'd say like reinforcement, if you want to get into that, is a whole world of cool AI stuff that you can get into. And honestly, I feel like that's where the hot stuff might be as soon as we kind of crack that open a bit more. So if you go take an online course on reinforcement learning, you'll probably be ahead of me, you know, um, I haven't even taken a full course on it. It's really cool stuff. Yeah, it seems uh, seems like a deep rabbit hole to go down. 
What about yeah. um, the generative adversarial networks or the GANs? Um, yeah. Is that like whenever you start working with, let's say not training your own, just like one model or something with a bunch of data, but getting a already pre-trained model and then using that to train another model, uh, whether that's reinforcement learning or doing GANs, how difficult, I guess, is it to get into that sort of thing? I'd say like the one where getting a model to train a model is a little bit more like transfer learning in a certain way. And that's super easy. Uh, the GAN stuff is really cool, but it's moving fast. The GANs from last year. So uh, I forgot what if you look at what this person does not exist, the style GAN stuff that they did in 2015. You're like, that's generated, but it kind of looks like a person. Then you look <laughs> at 2016, 2017, 2018. But if you go to this person does not exist dot com now with the style GAN two stuff, you can't tell like there's no like a person cannot tell that that was not a real human being in a real photo. As a matter of fact, that's why people are scared, because now mm -hmm. we have to train AI to spot AI. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have AI that we're training in order to figure out how to spot deep faking spot faked photos and how good they're able to do that. And so it's really crazy now because as a human being, we've been surpassed. AI-ception. Uh -huh. The joke had to be made. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I have it for you if you want to do AI-ception. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need a soundboard. <laughs> I, I've often thought about a soundboard, but I'm kind of terrified of what would be on there. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> cool so uh what else have you got as far as uh what's going on in the uh the ai world i know we talked a little bit about wow. ai fyi.com yeah yeah so i mean honestly i don't want i could talk about this for a million years so as long as y'all are actually excited about this i could talk about it if y'all yeah, are like if you're like uh okay we'll talk about gant because he likes ai stuff don't don't do that for me but it's good eddie you <laughs> like it good um, yeah keep going um I actually started a newsletter, AI-FYI.com, uh, to start sending out these cool things. Like someone trained uh, an Indiana Jones game with reinforcement learning, and it's got like fire, and it's got this little thing trying to figure out how to get to the end of the level. And I loved it. So that was in my newsletter. Um, people are building ridiculous stuff every day. And I surf Twitter Often I find the cool stuff and then I either tweet about it and the best of the best I throw in my newsletter, including some tutorials from um, all kinds of people. So I, if you want to just kind of get some of the best of the best sent to you once a month, uh, definitely join AIFYI.com. Cool. Awesome. And it's got a ton of subscribers already, which is awesome. <laughs> so we, we should do like a cross promotion because I know y'all do a newsletter too. So we'll do like a little... We do. We do. Uh, mm -hmm. So <clears throat> it's just kind of a I don't even know what to call it. It's like an in case you missed it kind of thing. Just uh, stuff that I I really find during the week, plus like the latest podcast episode. Um, yeah. So it's kind of agnostic to technology, but it ends up being a lot of JavaScript stuff because that's <laughs> what Eddie and I work with. So, yeah, um, you also do uh, a Twitter account, I think, fun machine learning. Yeah, fun machine learn because I ran out of uh, letters. Oh, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, fun machine learn on Twitter. So that's generally as 
so, to be honest, that's where I tweet all the stuff. And then when I write my newsletter, I go through fun machine learn and I find the best stuff. And then I put it in the newsletter. Okay. So if you're looking to get a daily stream of this stuff, go ahead and hop on that one on Twitter. It's really good. Nice. Cool. And of course, uh, check out the previous course that you did, the free course, and check out the Kickstarter for the new one because yep. uh, it's going to be fun. I mean, honestly, it's it's more fun to build the stuff and like leverage the technology than to worry about the math. So, <laughs> I mean, if, if we're being honest. Thing. Yeah. Uh, Leo'd be like, but how? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the ba- in the back of my mind, there's a little demon that's like, yeah. but Good. why? You know, <laughs> it's a dude, it's a lot of work to do that stuff. It's a lot of work to go through it, and it's really cool to to hold yourself to that flame. Uh, and Lee, I have to say, you were a fantastic tester for the course. So I had you in early because of the podcast last time, and um, you always had feedback. And what I could and had time to go ahead and go back and update i did um but you know i feel like that's if you you're doing a course out there invite these gentlemen to come do some uh some alpha and beta testing and then get their feedback it's really good thanks yeah we're uh at least i'm happy i don't know do you have the bandwidth for that sort of thing (laughs) i mean when i do have it (laughs) i want to actually go through it at some point (laughs) <laughs> the whole episode I, is just us shaming Eddie. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel really bad right now. <laughs> no, that's, not, that's how you're the cool dude, right? I said you got to invite him. It doesn't mean he's going to accept. <laughs> I, I invite people over all the time. It doesn't mean coming over. <laughs> yeah, when we uh, when we last talked I, or spoke, I wasn't um, like looking to go down like an AI rabbit hole or anything. Yeah. But because you were doing this course, I was like, well, you know what the heck? I'll, I'll go through it. And then like once I started, it was like, well, now I have to. And then it became like the three weeks became three months because you can totally like fly through a course and just like, yes, yes, click, click, yeah. multiple guests, whatever, and pass. And pass. But uh, uh, I, I can't be that person. person. <laughs> that was my evil laugh. By the way. Oh, <laughs> I feel like you've already got the maniacal laugh thing down, uh, being a oh, mad dude, scientist. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> cool. So uh, hopefully uh, you'll invite us to to do the uh, the next course that's coming around if the Kickstarter does well. It better fund. Oh, yeah. It better fund. I don't know how much cheaper I can make it for everybody right now. It's fifty dollars. That is ridiculously cheap. Everybody has fifty dollars. If it doesn't fund, I'm 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 like, well, what can I do? I don't know. And then I've got like all kinds of cool things after that. Like you could buy for your whole team. Um, uh, I've got shirts. I've got certificates that I will actually hand sign and mail to you. (laughs) I've got all kinds of stuff. So it's a Kickstarter. I tried to do everything I could. Right now it's going well, but you know how Kickstarters are. You're going to be nervous until it actually fully funds. So if you're hearing this, go fund it. Go throw the money at it. I promise it'll be fun. Nice. How do they find it if they're on Kickstarter? Ah, so either it's going to be, you know what? I'm going to give you the URL. Uh, I did a bit.ly, uh, bit.ly face dash AI. And so um, that might be the easiest way for them to get it. But you can always get it. Uh, they go on Kickstarter. I think you just look for uh, facial recognition, intro to facial recognition with machine learning. 
Maybe they'll find it that way. It can't be that many competitors, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're almost halfway there. That's uh, that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah, and we still got way more than half the days. So, Let's see. Sorry, I'm just kind of browsing through it and looking at the uh, reading it. Yeah, <laughs> I told you I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff. I don't know what it is. But, uh, anyway, uh, Eddie, do you have any other machine learning uh, burning questions? No, other than I should probably take the course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just it's not a shame thing. Like that's the word I don't want any because you know what? The, the whole PhD and AI stuff is full of enough shame. Honestly, like take it if you want to take the five day course so you feel confident. That's a free one and it's really not a large investment. So that's on academy.infinite.red. Take the free five day course. And if at the end of it, you're motivated. Awesome. If at the end of it, you're not motivated. Fair enough. Yeah, I can't recommend that one enough. Um, I think. Everybody should take that one just so you can hang in a conversation about machine learning and not just be mystified by it, you know, like, oh, how does this thing know what my face looks like from the browser? Like, what's going on? Or is Skynet coming for me? Um, <laughs> you know, taking that that course uh, kind of explains the high level of how all that stuff works and functions. And I think that's really invaluable for understanding, like, how does Facebook know to show me an ad about, I don't know. Finding a girlfriend in Russia or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what oh, kind of ads okay. you guys are getting out there, but <laughs> we learned a lot about Lee today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that and uh, video games. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, learning how all that stuff works uh, under the hood and just kind of even if you don't dip into the math of it and just kind mm -hmm. of understanding it, I think is super valuable for everybody. So can't recommend that one enough. Yeah. And if you ever, ever, ever want to chat about the math, I imagine we'll go off podcast and we can. <laughs> Speaking of, um, there was somebody that I talked to that went through um, actually Lambda School. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess they have a data science track or, or whatever. But um, we kind of talked about the course and where I got with machine learning and whatnot. And his comment was like, well, how come you didn't do any statistics and how come you didn't do linear regression and all this stuff? And mm -hmm. I kind of thought like, yeah, that does kind of make sense because I know that there's a lot of kind of, I don't know if I would call it basic, but like a little bit easier kind of problems to solve with machine learning as far as like predicting and like dipping into statistics and stuff. So where do you sit on that? I know it's not as exciting as like image recognition and computer vision and whatnot. I think that's the problem I have is that like if you can tell a computer to see between a dog and a cat, that's something that I'll be honest with you, like in 2012 was the best people could do the best of the best in the world. We're getting like 60% like you were getting after my course. Right. Um, and statistics, dude, it, that's a college class that even if you don't take, oh. it's, it's like one of those things everybody's done. So if I have gave you a bunch of points and so linear regression, like they mentioned there is like have a line that best fits all these points. Right. Like, honestly, if you asked a normal web dev, they would just draw a line with like they probably just have a line sit there. You're like, that looks good. <laughs> just take that. Mm -hmm. And statistically, they'd be fantastic. Linear regression is a formula 
that's like a college statistics class formula. So I guess I could have jumped in and here's the classics that people love to do in AI. They go, let's look at housing prices. Okay, so with this many bedrooms, what do you price of the house in this? You know, we have these different features. What do you think the price of this house is going to be? And it's essentially trying to figure out the best line that's going to not fail 100%. It doesn't actually like figure out what the prices are. It's just going to have the smallest amount of error. Um, so I, I ask you, are you excited about figuring out housing prices? Like, is that what's going to get you out of bed to take the next level of the course? Um, are you going to be like, yeah, well, this house has three bedrooms and three bathrooms. What's, how, what's that going to do to the price? And I just don't think us as devs or web devs are even trying to go ahead and take a look at that because it's trying to solve a problem with AI that's been solved with, with basic statistics classes for a long time. Uh, it's not cool. It's not anything that's brand new. On the other side of that coin, we're talking about reinforcement learning, we're talking about things that will keep you up at night and make you work hard, is that the world's best Go player has spent his entire life learning how to play Go and will it whoops up on anybody. And now if I give you a laptop with AlphaGo loaded on it, you can beat that person at Go. Like that's where we're at with AI. You can apply AI and beat someone who's been working on something their entire life. Or you can learn about housing prices and do something <laughs> that we've been knowing how to do for years. And if I'm teaching you the math, we got to start easy. But if you're skipping the math, you need to go after something that you're passionate about. And I just... I'll tell you what, man, if I just one more person tries to make me figure out housing prices from a data set, I'm going to lose <laughs> my sh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's ish, as they say on the radio. That is um, correct. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm totally with you. Um, I, I could really care less about predicting housing prices, uh, but yeah, I am kind of curious, like, what the business value of that is, I guess. Like, is there a job out there where you would be like, a data analyst or something where you would have to use that kind of thing or no, 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 not even close. Like I would, it's not even, it's not even a good thing because the thing is nothing's usually that linear. So linear regression requires that your data actually be pretty linear for you to decide to do that. Um, but when you kind of plot stuff, it's not linear. Like here we are imposing the simplicity of math into real world examples when real world is anything but sim simple. Um, and I think it's disgusting because like it, if you're looking at like a polynomial or something like that and I need to do polynomial regression, even then, like you've just leveled up on how much stuff you have to know. It's silly. It's like how many things if you know it already fits a polynomial, do that. What I'm talking about is the real stuff where no human could actually ever follow where you're not ever going to be able to go write an algorithm. If I said, hey, detect our three faces and tell me which one's Gantt, like go. And you could code as long as you want. I got to come back in five years in a research team and then you might have something. But like, <laughs> like if you if I was like, hey, 
draw a line that best fits these points. <laughs> I feel like you could just kind of make something up and it'll be good enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, there's not there's not anybody out there, as far as I can tell, who's making any kind of living just solving basic math problems. It's a great way to learn. It's a terrible way to be motivated. Fair enough. Okay. So I guess if you were like the only business value there is from the more advanced kind of math stuff and you're just kind of going down that mathematics avenue of like first you start with linear regression, which is kind of silly, and then it just gets more and more mathy from there. Yeah, well, I mean, I think at some point it just kind of ends anyway, uh, where you just go, well, we as humans are like, whatever. Like, I don't think you actually graduate and keep that knowledge going on. I don't think that any of that continues on to any real value. Um, I, I don't see how that kind of covers over. Like, we don't use that in uh, the image recognition at all you know as a matter of fact you think creatively chewing up a problem and making it simpler is the question how do we make this simpler and so that way we could do it faster and how do we do this in one go so we have speedier inference it's developer centric problems not engineering centric that's an interesting way to look at it yeah i've heard um that you know, there's kind of two routes into data science and one is like, you know, probably what you would imagine a mathematician or something. Mm -hmm. And then the other side is like a developer, right? So just somebody going in there and kind of <laughs> not winging it, but trying to solve the problem. Um, yeah. And I've, I've heard that uh, developers do pretty dang well, even if they're not mathematicians. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can learn the math. You can learn the math when it matters. If you learn, it, there's a saying I really like, um, I'm going to screw it up for you right now. Awesome. Is that, <laughs> <laughs> um, practice uh, without um, studying is blind and studying without practice is empty. And so I'll say like it is the combination of the two, but don't take all of one or all of the other. Learn the math that you need to learn to do the things you need to do. Um, when you can only think about thinking so much, you actually have to do something. Fair enough. Cool. All right. Well, I think we're ready to move on to Nerd Minute. Uh, Gant, you're our first return <laughs> guest, so you already know how this goes. But uh, yeah. talk about books or movies or whatever. Uh, you're the guest. What, what do you got for us? Um, well, last time I was here, y'all said anime is cool. And I was like, really? <laughs> and then y'all got me to watch two seasons of One Punch Man, oh, which cool. I loved. And now uh, I am watching. I'm on s starting season four. I'm a little behind. I'm watching um, My Hero Academia and I love it. <laughs> and awesome. uh, I have to say, like, my. My inner like constant motivational spirit is uh, Deku. Like I want <laughs> nothing is insurmountable. Just keep going after it. Um, you can do it if you just don't give up and think about it a new way. And I think that like I have to say last time y'all got me into this. So this time I have to recommend uh, My Hero Academia. It is a motivational masterpiece so far from three seasons. Cool. That's awesome. 
we've made a, a shonen fan out of Anne. That's <laughs> basically the takeaway here. Um, Indeed. Yeah, that that whole, like, there's many different genres within anime. And uh, mm-hmm. there's actually a book in Japan called Shonen Jump, which means, like, young man or young mm-hmm. boy. Okay. Um, so actually, if you watch My Hero Academia in Japanese, you'll hear... Uh, What's his name? Uh, the the big superhero, uh, All Might. Yeah, All Might. Yeah, All Might. He'll, yeah. he'll refer to Deku as uh, Midoriya Shonen, which is like mm-hmm. um, young man, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Shonen Jump, all those anime. So uh, One Piece, Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, yeah. uh, all those kind of like fight yeah. anime where mm-hmm. you've got some underdog that's like facing an insurmountable challenge. Um, yeah. Very, very inspirational. Never give up. Yeah, he never never gives up. Uh, yeah. Usually, yeah. is some kind of like loser or thinks they're a loser, even though they have like some magical special talent that makes them amazing and the best. Um, yeah, and it's an it's an interesting interesting genre. Like, there's a lot of shows that kind of play it by the numbers, but then yeah. at the same time, they've all found ways to keep it interesting. So, yeah. what I'll say specifically about it is, um, there's this show on Netflix called A Hundred Humans. And they separate people. I in just age started groups. that. It's so terrible and great at the same time. <laughs> I talk about it. But uh, there's this one section where they have to build this chair and the people in their 20s are doing great. And then their 30s, 40s and 50s, they do terrible. And the next person who finishes the second place is the people in their 60s. Right. And uh, Dan Pink, the author of Drive, talks about how people are less happy in their happiness curve in their 20 in their 30s, 40s and and then start coming out of it in their 50s. And then every generation after the 50s is their best generation. Is, sorry, each decade after their 50s is their best decade. They always, always their favorite. And their happiness levels super increase after that. And so I'll say like this, this particular genre, uh, My Hero Academia, this, this sort of like undampening spirit is probably, even if you say it's for like young, like young men in, in Japan, I have to say like for, for American culture, um, especially with all the stuff that's going on outside, all the people who are affected by these these problems, um, it is the ultimate motivational piece of. Sure, it's writers. Sure, it's 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 like, of course they're going to overcome this kind of thing, but it doesn't feel like that because it's good writing and it's excellently placed. And I think that that's something I'll just kind of say is like, sure, maybe in Japan it's different. But it's so nice because we don't get a lot of that stuff here in the States uh, for for people who are in their 30s, 40s and 50s to have some kind of um, you can do it. And I guess it comes back to that nagging voice that you have, Lee, like you need an equal voice that comes straight out of anime and tells you, yes, you can. <laughs> well, it's no coincidence that I'm a huge fan of, you know, shonen anime. So. Oh, well, perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been I've been watching that stuff and just resonate with that kind of message forever. Um, yeah. And I think that's probably why it's so popular over here, uh, because yeah. of you know what you described, which is that like, gambate spirit, or like you know, go get it or do your best or whatever, um, that uh, is weirdly absent, I guess, over here in a way. It is. Yeah. Um I don't know. I don't know if we kind of uh place more um gravitas in like adults to be the uh the hero in the story, but in in Japan like in shonen anime it's like 
the scrappy kid who kind of like has no experience, no skills, no anything. And just <clears throat> against all odds does, you know, something amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. and even, uh, it's kind of like a trope or maybe a, a tired genre <clears throat> in Japan, yeah. but you, you talked about one punch man, uh, which mm-hmm. kind of turns that on its head, which is, yeah. makes it hilarious. So, um, so good. <laughs> there, there's a lot of, um, like you said, good writing that can take what would normally be like a tired trope of the underdog story, right? Uh, yeah. That it, it doesn't become tired, you know, just like people are still watching Star Wars, you know, which is that same kind of plucky young kid against all odds, right? People will still cry at Rudy. They'll, they'll, they'll cheer yes. for Rocky, you know? It's, it's something that's inside of all of us and, and speaks to us. Yeah, can you guys even mm-hmm. think of a... I guess a American movie that's kind of been in that direction of like an underdog story from recent years. I, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Uh, no, I really just uh, depressing now or remade yeah. depressing. We've had yeah. like a lot of superhero movies, but they're superheroes. Like they have, <laughs> you know, superpowers. I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I was blown away by, um, you know, Endgame. I, I think the writing was really good. I think that the, if you sat through the whole Marvel universe up to that point, um, Endgame was like a that was a good feeling. That was a big, big moment there. So I, I love what Marvel did. Um, but, you know, that was a lot for one movie. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> so that's the only one plus I got. years of movies <laughs> yeah. to get there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the only thing I could think of to what you asked Lee would be Spider-Man. But yeah, in superhero. So Yeah, but he has superpowers. Yeah, I know. I just saying that's the only thing I could think of right now. Um yeah. if you gave me more time, maybe I'll think of something. What, what makes Spider-Man interesting is that he has all these amazing powers and abilities, uh super strength and, you know, spidey sense and all this stuff and still like he's still a kid. Is yeah, still is a kid and still deals with kid problems. And none of his powers help him with those. Yeah. <laughs> they actually make it worse, which is what makes this, the character very interesting. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I find that kind of stuff fascinating. <laughs> Eddie, what do you got for Nerd Minute? Um, I saw the Sonic movie. Oh, oh no. Did you tell? It, it was good. It what was like, it was not have? horrible. Uh, my about kids liked it. What's that? <laughs> tell me about Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> that was, he was basically um like a toned down ace ventura yes <laughs> but uh yeah he became more of that at the end of the movie but um but yeah he's not in it a ton um and sonic is not the yeah i mean he looks more like the video game sonic mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is cool uh, i don't know if you've seen the uh before they had to like redo the what he looked like yeah, oh, yeah. You see the, that when he, he looked with the like human way, hands and the, yeah, and the, the weird mouth teeth. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, he looks it's cool now. Um, the the whoever does his voice did a good job. That's good. Um, yeah, it it's cool. Like the he starts off he's uh, an alien in this, um, okay. and he comes to Earth. The rings that are in the game are what get him. They're like they can teleport him to different places and that's how he gets to earth. Um, and he's basically like maybe 11 or 12 as far as the, 
like the way he acts and the way he, he, he talks and stuff like that. He's basically a kid. Um, and yeah, he just lives in a cage, uh, not in cage, in a cave uh, in Green Hills, Montana. Oh, naturally. Is, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's pretty cool. I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't like a super great movie, but for a video game movie, it's it's pretty decent. So I, um, I have questions. Those are usually pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> what, what's that? Oh, so, and he's they, he does say Eggman. Okay. Because that, that was um, yeah, so. Uh, Jim Carrey has a lot of these drones and they're shaped like eggs. So I'm thinking that's where he gets Eggman from because there's no other reason to call him Eggman <laughs> other than, okay. than that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, they kind of do like, did you see um, the like most recent X-Men movies where they had a uh, Quicksilver? Yes. They do kind of one of those scenes with, with uh, Sonic. Yeah. Like, he, like everything, yeah, everything kind of stops, but he's still running around and moving things and whatnot. Yeah. Um, they do one of those, which was fine. <laughs> it was it's a good kids movie. I mean, does Sonic eat chili dogs in the movie? Um, they don't show it, but I think he mentions it. Okay, uh, Is there I, a... I fell asleep toward the end of the movie and then I had to rewatch <laughs> the end of it. <laughs> It's not a good sign. My kids fell asleep too, so I mean, we watched it kind of late on a Saturday. So. <laughs> Excuses. Um, uh, <laughs> is uh, are, are there any um, other Sonic characters in there, like Knuckles or Tails or anything like that? Yes, I don't want to spoil it if you okay. decide to watch it. Uh, um, but in the beginning of the movie, there are these like. Um, he's in this like world that looks just like, uh, the green Hills first level in every Sonic game. Uh Um, and there's an owl that's like, he's a little baby Sonic and he lives with an owl. I don't know where this comes from. I played like the first three Sonics and Sonic adventure. That's about my knowledge of Sonic. Um, I don't know where the owl comes from, but he lives with this owl. The owl gives him the rings and that's how he gets to earth. Um, but there are these characters or this like little tribe of people trying to get him or kill him or something. And they kind of look like knuckles, hmm. but oh. they have masks on, but you can kind of see like the back of their head and they kind of look like knuckles. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, when, when Sonic defeats robots, do tiny animals fly no, out of them? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I was uh, looking for that too. <laughs> do, uh, do they ever make any jokes about like Dr. Robotnik getting fat or anything? Because like he Jim never Carrey gets is, fat. he's like a tall, skinny person, and Doctor yeah, Robotnik he is he like never a short, gets fat, fat guy. He has a very weird mustache. Yeah, so um, he has I like a Eggman, handlebar mustache, but it gets bigger at the end of the movie. Um, okay, and uh, what else? So I think there, Eggman was a, a nod to the shape, like the body. Yeah, of Doctor Robotnik. He looks like an egg. Yeah, yeah, um, he's like bottom heavy with a pointy head. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then the way they justify, like, because Robotnik has a ship that, like, can kind of travel as fast as Sonic does. He has, like, a little strand of his hair that powers his ship. So that's kind of... Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Math checks it's, out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Seems legit. <laughs> it's entertaining, though, for, like, a kid's movie. Like, my daughter's 10 and my other, my other daughter's 3. I mean, the three-year-old didn't really care, 
but <laughs> but my my because uh, we play um, Sonic Team Racing a lot, and mm. so there's that connection there. So it was cool. Cool. Yes. Uh, the only thing I've got for Nerd Minute is uh, I've been playing um, the Resident Evil games. So uh, okay. RE3 mm. came out, the remake. Uh, it was fantastic. I loved it. Um, I beat it. Are you uh, finished it already? Yeah, it's it's pretty short. It's um, it probably take you like six hours to get through it uh, if you're taking oh, your wow, time. That's really short. <clears throat> yeah, it's um, there's a lot to it. Uh, it's it's a pretty good um, gameplay loop that you're going through, and it's it's kind of made to be played over and over again. Um, Is there a B side like the second there's, one? There's not. So oh, okay. there's only one com- uh, campaign that you go straight through and end. Uh, you still have two characters that you swap back and forth, um, but there's no. It's like you're playing the same story, um, and like one person gets incapacitated, and you pick up as the other person, or something. Okay. And they kind of swap back and forth that way. Um, Did you play the? Uh, there's an online portion, right? Multiplayer. I haven't played the online game. It looked interesting. Okay. Um, it's basically like you are some evil mastermind that it's is like a saw thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, in like charge. A four or five <laughs> on one or something like that. Yeah. You get to, uh, kind of be like the director, mm-hmm. um, of a horror movie basically. So they kind of did like dead by daylight, but for resident evil where you get yeah. to place monsters around the map and like lock or unlock doors or set traps and that sort of thing. And the players have to basically finish whatever objective there is. So like go get a key card or um, I don't know, go save somebody or whatever. Uh, and it's like four against one, like you mentioned, but the um, like all of the fun it seems is had by the person that's the mastermind because they uh, can like, <laughs> they can jump into and like manually control an enemy. Uh, they can like set traps and do all this stuff. And basically you as the player, you just get like a pistol. <laughs> you get to run <laughs> around and deal with all this. So it's, um, it's a little lopsided, uh, yeah. but again, I haven't I haven't played it. I'm just kind of going off what I've seen. Um, I'm mainly a single player kind of person. Um, yeah, me too. We we talked about Rocket League and like that person, like mm-hmm. berating his own team. So that that's the kind of stuff that I avoid and play single player games over. But um, yeah, I really loved RE3. I started playing RE0, which is like the last tank controls game. Yeah, um, and that is miserable. <laughs> Why'd you pick that one? I played all the other ones. Uh, Code Veronica as well? Except that one because it doesn't have a PC release. Really? As far as I know. They re-released it on PS4. I figured it would always also be on PC. I haven't seen it. Oh, you know, I haven't played uh, RE7, but I'm I'm waiting for the deep sale on that one because I have so many games to play. Okay. That... I I actually bought that during Black Friday. It's still in the shrink wrap. <laughs> Interesting. Can't have you ever uh, ever done any survival horror games, or is that not your speed? Left for Dead. Always loved Left for Dead. Oh, okay. Okay. Left for Dead. Left for Dead Two were really good. I was really. I had a. Um. I had back when you know, like before people were serious about clans. We had a clan with a bunch of Canadians. We'd hop on and we'd start playing together. It's really fun. Um, the horror game shtick is fun. It's a lot of good stuff. I'm all about if um, 
I'll be honest with you. I use games a lot for social interaction, which is why yeah. Rocket League speaks a lot to me. It's why uh, Quiplash speaks a lot to me and like Ooh, social kind of things. It, if I, I use it for my sort of social chemicals and then my alone time a bit more is like geared into uh, constructive craftsmanship um, where I'm refining or reading or blogging or recording something. Um, doing games alone is a dangerous dangerous pill I cannot take. <laughs> <laughs> so I I keep myself honest by making sure if I'm doing gaming, it's social. Interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah. Although there's this one game that they're re-releasing. I gotta get the name of it. It's like the the story of Leonard or the 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 quest of Leonard or something like that. And it's this really interesting um game that reminds me of portal like it feels very portal like in having okay. humor and, and weirdness and stuff like that i have to i i don't i know i don't have the name correctly is it but the stanley parable the stanley parable that's right. oh okay nailed it yes that's i knew i was not getting that name correctly you know they're re-releasing it right uh i did not really so. why uh, they're bringing it to consoles. Oh, that game is amazing. Adding all I, kinds I love of stuff. that game. So I might dip. I might. I love the Portal series. I love all the Portal stuff. So um, I might be willing and daring enough to actually go through the Stanley Parable uh, as a single player game, kind of going into something. Um, but game's really as soon good. as I finish, it's over. <laughs> 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 have you ever played uh, the beginner's guide? I know that's by the same team. Yeah. But I haven't, I haven't that's another one I own, but I haven't played yet. Oh, uh, Eddie, the backlog of shame. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I haven't played it. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you get your hands on that one, it's by the same team. If you really enjoyed uh, Stanley parable. Yeah. Stanley parable. Uh, you could get through in one sitting. It's like yeah, short. two to three well, hours. With what they're adding, I might I might um, turn it into I might just to help me don't break my rule. Uh, I might get it on PS4 and then play it with the family or something like that, okay. where everybody gets to enjoy it. Um, that'll keep me honest. Like I said, I've got to be careful on uh, single player games. <laughs> <laughs> I think I played through that and gone home in one night. Yeah, Gone Home is pretty short. Gone home have you, have you really done good. Tacoma? No, not yet. That's another thing I have to do. Me neither. Me neither. The backlog of shame. <laughs> <laughs> We've cool. gone from a world of like uh, people going to Barnes and Noble and buying books they'll never read to getting games they'll never play. I, <laughs> I do both. I've got a stack of books over here. That's pretty happy. <laughs> I'm pretty bad. I did finish a book yesterday uh, in a dark, dark wood by Ruth Ware. Huh. So, yeah, he probably nobody's probably heard of that one. Uh, it's like the first novel by uh, that author. It was like her debut novel. Um, it's a mystery, um, like a murder mystery. Uh, and it was good. I enjoyed it. You know, uh, I am addicted to a book series uh, that I want to kind of say. I think I might have mentioned it maybe last time I was on here. I don't know. I, I do recommend it a little bit. Um, I'm on like book, I don't know, 12. So <laughs> I've been doing this one for a while. Um, 
I was flying a lot and I needed short stories just to like make sure I was cool on the airplane. And so I got this thing called the 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 briefcases by the Dresden files. I was like, oh yeah, so I'll check this out. And I loved it so much. It was so valuable. It was very entertaining. It was like Harry Potter meets science meets mystery. I was like, that's what I want. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been going through the full book series and it, chewing through those left and right. So I'm on like book 12 of that. I highly recommend if you're interested, if you liked Harry Potter, if you like mystery, you like science, then I say like try the briefcases version of that. Just enjoy some short stories and they're all inside this particular universe. And if at the end of them, you're like, hey, I actually really think that universe is kind of interesting and the way things work are really cool. You've got a full litany of books that you can go through to catch up. That was a, a TV show at some point, wasn't it? Oh, please don't talk about that. Actually, the TV show was pretty good, but it was not. <laughs> it was a little corny. But I'm not convinced good. either way at this point. <laughs> so yeah. was it good or was it not good? Um, we watched it. It was one season. It was so early 2000s. It was mm. just like everything that they did. Um, they the actors were, you know, TV style actors. <laughs> OK, so it didn't pull you in like the books do. But what it did do is you go, eh, I can watch this you know, once a week and pretty much enjoy it like a TV show. So I uh, compare it to the books. No, the books are way better. But uh, would you be entertained watching the TV show? Hell yeah. Fair enough. All right. I think uh, I'm, I'm more of a book person when it comes to like choosing between schlocky television and like the, <laughs> the real McCoy. So yeah. I'll probably pick up. Uh, you said briefcases. Briefcases. It's a bunch of short stories. And if it doesn't like, I mean, honestly, you sit there for 30 minutes and you get like an awesome story told to you uh, and then you could just like just go through them and the books like 19 hours or something like that. So you just have all these amazing short stories of uh, these cases that Harry Dresden solving. It's really good. Awesome. Cool. Cool. So we can probably wrap it up there since we're running a little bit long. Uh, Gant, thank you so much for coming on the show. We had a blast having you. Yeah, thank you. Um, so happy to be on this with y'all. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I always learn a lot every time I'm on here. So I look forward to hopefully being invited back maybe uh, for a third time sometime, maybe six months down the road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Hey, thanks for listening. If you're looking for show notes, you can find them at our website, techjunior.dev. You can sign up for our newsletter uh, that goes out every week with the latest episode and some things we think you guys would enjoy. If you want to support the show, you can do so by signing up for our, our Patreon. Special thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. You can also buy some swag. We have a Teespring store with stickers and t-shirts designed by Lee and myself. Actually, need to get on designing some new stuff. Um, if you want to support Gant and his Kickstarter, you can go on to Kickstarter and search for facial machine learning in JavaScript, and that'll get you there. Or search for his name, Gant Reward, and you can help with his Kickstarter. You guys can also tweet us at Tech Junior Podcast. You can find Lee at Lee Warwick Jr., and you can find me 
at Ed Otero. The O's are zeros. You can also go to at Tech Junior Podcast and find us that way. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.